Now time for Chillin' with Quillen on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Chillin' with Quillen. Curtis Quillen joining the Matt Mosley Show on a holiday weekend. And, uh, Curtis, by the way, we were just talking about some roller skating. Did you, growing up in uh, Floresville, uh, Texas, right out there, oh, in the shadows of San Antonio, did you do any roller skating? Were you... Did you do any couple skates, anything like that? Did that? Was that a part of your youth? So it was a part of my, like, very young youth. Like, I'm talking, like, elementary school, so no couple skates. Uh, Skateland West, I think was the name of it, was where was the popular spot at my elementary school to have your birthday party. And so I went to a lot of birthday parties because uh, my mom at the time was a teacher in Southwest ISD, so I went to elementary school where she taught um, you know, a couple of years there, right along 410, and then a little bit more out in the country uh, from second grade through fifth. And so during elementary school, I think it was Skateland West was the name of it, and uh, did some roller skating there. It was mostly me putting on, like, uh, some roller skates and then just kind of, like, walking on wheels, which was uh, the most that 11-year-old <laughs> Curtis could handle. Uh, after fifth grade, uh, you know, went on a scouting venture to the ice skating rink, uh, got clipped, broke my wrist, and uh, that was the end of my skating, whether on no or uh, or or blades. Man, I I like that. I like that kind of background for Curtis Quillen, a man who loves uh, loves a good skate rink, Skateland West. That was uh, and Curtis. I I thought I would read. Uh, this is Bryce Cherry. With a little LL Cool J today in the newspaper, this is how he led his uh, his story on China Spring and Carthage. In the immortal words of LL Cool J, "Don't call it a comeback. China Spring's <laughs> been here the whole time." All right, that I did not think Bryce would begin a story of LL Cool J, but China Spring did have a really nice comeback. 7-6 win to focus a uh, uh, to force a game tomorrow. I believe that is set up to go. Um, tell, tell me first of all what you think about China Spring made it all the way. I mean, I've got uh, I've got the ball cap to prove it. And Jesse was the uh, coach. I think he's at Waxahachie now. What did mm-hmm. you make? What did you make of that China Spring Carthage affair that took place? Well, in my old neck of the woods, in Kaufman County, Forty, Texas. It did Texas. take place in Kaufman County. Yes. Uh, so I did not know that Bryce was going to write that. You know where I was when Bryce was writing that story. Where? Right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he and, uh, Bryce and I were both up in Forney for this one last night. Look, um, China Spring didn't field the ball very cleanly uh, in game two of that doubleheader. Uh, they just had an inning get away from them in game one, or, you know, you could argue that they might have swept the series if that inning doesn't get away from them in game one and game two played out the exact same way. But there was something, you know, talking to a couple of the Forney players that were working the uh, the ballpark last night after the game, like, hey, I really appreciate you guys' understanding. Like, thanks for not rushing us out of here real quick. And they're like, no, dude, we got to clean up. You're fine. Um, one of them pointed out that they watched – the body language of the closer from Carthage coming out of the bullpen there in the bottom of the seventh. Um, 
and that his body language was a little off. Like he was sitting in the bullpen instead of like up and throwing or stretching, doing yeah. stuff like that. And they thought that was a little off. And then he comes out, you know, he's not responsible. He he only had one earned run there in the uh, bottom of the seventh there. The Carthage closer did because he inherited a situation that was bases juice, no out. Yeah. Um, first batter he faces, I think it's like two pitches in, he plunks in a run. And so, you know, that one, that runner's on him. And then a uh, base hit scores two more. And now it's what a one run game, six, five. And then, uh, you know, another base hit wins it. And so Carthage showed a lot or uh, China spring rather showed a lot of resiliency, which I think has been something that you've come to expect and not you, you, but you, the uh, the Central Texas high school baseball fan, has come to expect from a Corey Beckham coached ball club. That's what Lake Belton's calling card was for the ter- for the two years he was there. It's what West's calling card was when he was up there, uh, and it's what helped them win back to back state championships up at West. And so, was I surprised it happened? A little, but not because of it being China Spring, just the way that the whole game had gone to that point but when the seventh inning you know they get to that bottom half of the seventh they're down to three outs on their season uh you hear the speech that he gave them is like you know how many times this se- we're down by four runs how many times this season have we scored four runs or more in an inning a lot and this is a team that ran the table in district play and so you know that's all we have to do we just have to have another good inning with good at bats and we're playing for our season so you got to be focused but don't stress yourself out like Go up to the plate, do what you know how to do, we'll be fine. And they were. And that's exactly what they did. You know, there was only one out in the inning when the game ended. And so, good. It was a really good showing from China Spring. Um, To me, though, Matt, Saturday's game is going to be, you know, that bottom half of the seventh the whole time. I think they're going to need to be focused from, from the first pitch because, to me, the winner of this series is probably the favorite next week in that 4A Region 3 final. Interesting. Winner of that game will be the favorite. Now in Madisonville, Curtis Quillen on a special holiday edition of Chillin' with Quillen. And there's no there's no telling where Quillen's going. I mean, he loves to take his wife to different places, bed and breakfast. I mean, there's so many options for him out there. But he's also got a lot of baseball to cover, so we'll see what the, the hopeless romantic does. But now in Madisonville, Cade Bing... With a complete game uh, in West with a 3-2 win over Dybal to sweep the Class 3A region semifinal series on Thursday night. And, uh, and that, that was really good. That thing was, that was a back-and-forth affair, and you were just talking about West. Uh, that, that's a team that uh, we've really grown to appreciate and support. But man, when you can, when you got your pitcher that can go out there, Rangers did it the other night with Evaldi, by the way, and throw a complete game. What it does for a team, it just takes so much pressure off everybody. And I think that was, uh, I think it was extremely important. Yeah, when you have a guy that can go the distance, that takes so much pressure off of your bullpen. And in high school, it takes pressure off of, okay, well, I don't have to pull Joey out of center field. Uh, to come in and pitch and relief, and it takes pressure off the lineup, and it's just the benefits cannot be overstated whenever you have a guy that can go the distance with great stuff. 
Um, and that's not a knock on other pitchers because sometimes you just don't have it. There's, I mean, there, there's nights at my job now that I just, for whatever reason, I'm in a funk and I don't have it, and that's fine. But to have a guy like Cade Fink, and I've seen him the last two Friday nights, Matt, he is outstanding um, when it comes to his poise on the mound, and it's it, it's really impressive the way he's able to get through a get through a game there on the mound. And so, you know, he's key. The fact that they have him able to pitch in game two of these series, and he's not their game one guy. Uh, that's a huge, huge coup to the Trojans. And I, you know, next week, whether it's May Pearl or, um, oh, there's a team in East Texas that's playing May Pearl this week. I saw it this morning. Uh, can't remember it to save. <laughs> cannot remember. Remember it's it holidays. Now, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's and you know whether it's May Pearl, or whether it's this team out of East Texas, to have a guy who's not quote unquote your ace pitcher able to go in game two who's shown the ability to go the distance in recent weeks. I mean, why not West at this point? And I like that. Why not West? Curtis Quillen, the Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, Curtis, you were at that uh, Dave Aranda news conference the other day. He confirms what we all thought was happening. Blake Shapin's going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Baylor Bears. And, you know, Sawyer Robertson, I think, has been very impressive Shows a lot of leadership, but uh, they they saw whatever they needed to see from Blake Shapin. Now, uh, you can understand, uh, Curtis, why Baylor fans are not like doing cartwheels. You know, I think they kind of thought, well, this will be kind of fun. Let's see if there's a quarterback that can come in and and really compete with Blake. But I, I will say, Blake, at least in our brief time around him and from all that we've heard, has had a superb spring, and he's earned this. And quite honestly, listen, he had one down season. That doesn't mean it should be the end of his career. What did you make of that news conference the other day and the news that Shapen is the definite starter? And and how, how far behind him do you think Sawyer is? Is this a... Is this a situation where Sawyer still has a pretty long way to go? What do you think is the separation between these two quarterbacks? I don't know how long of a way there is. I will say that if they're a little bit more open with the offense when Sawyer is under center, that they don't think the stuff that he's doing is as intricate in the offense and is going to give away the offense as much or give away surprise parts of the offense as much as the stuff that they can do with Blake, who's now run this offense for going on three years. Um, You know, I think it might be – I understand the frustration, but there's a lot of people from what I've gathered on social media who are mostly saying this because, well, Sawyer looked better in the spring games. Spring games are awful judges on these things. If you're going into a spring game expecting to see, figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be from that one game, you're going to be disappointed every time because they're not going to put a lot on tape because they're, you know, Texas State is the first opponent in 2023. And then it's Utah shortly after those teams are going to wind up looking at that spring game. And so you don't want to put any, you don't want to put anything on tape that could potentially get you beat come September. And so, um, they're going to be a little more conservative with it. They, they're going to see 
okay, what did Blake do in practice? What did Sawyer do in practice? How are they grasping the offense? Stuff like that. And so I don't know how far Sawyer has to go. Um, I think that, you know, there's a little bit more of an air raid potential with Sawyer there because that's the system he's been in. You know, it's what he ran at Coronado in Lubbock. That's what he ran at Mississippi State under, you know, the late Mike Leach. And there's there's a lot of room for him to grow, but he's also extremely young. He's a, what, redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore. So there's plenty of eligibility left. Uh, you know, I, I think that they made the decision I thought he was going – I thought they were going to um, – and only time, you know, when it comes to these things, Aranda made it very clear in March that they wanted to name a starter by the end of spring. They did. We're there now. And uh, I think it's, I think now only time will tell. And it's this way with no matter who it is, right? Like whether you're naming Tim Tebow the starter at Florida in 2007 or uh, Blake Shapin the, the starter at Baylor in 2023, the statement that remains true is only time will tell if it was the right decision Um, and you know, if it works out at Baylor, but not in the pros and then Sawyer becomes a better pro prospect. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm playing the what if game here. Uh, That doesn't mean that it was the wrong decision at that point. Um, And if it's the other way around, it doesn't make mean that it was the right decision at this point. You know, there's uh, you, you pretty much have to go with your gut as a coaching staff. I think that I take, if I'm a Baylor fan, I think I take more comfort in the next part of Aranda's announcement where he said that when they talk to Sawyer about it, Baylor's where I want to be. I'm not going anywhere. I think that that's a better development in this than the fact that they named Blake Shapen a starter mm-hmm. because now you have a clear number two on that depth chart. Wasn't that an interesting discussion we had about NIL with Dave Aranda and his thought on it and the tier – you know, the, some schools doing the three-tier approach, Bears not really, him not loving that. I mean, I, I think we're still finding out where all that's going to settle. The market's um, settled a little bit, but even in your state where you went to school in Oklahoma, they just passed a law in the last 24 to 48 hours, Curtis, where it's going to be harder for the NCAA to do anything about uh, the NIL. Uh, which is very, very interesting. So I think the Bears are still trying to figure out what their role is in the NIL. So I thought all that was interesting. Curtis, rough news for the Bears today. I'm sure you've taken a peek at this. Baylor sits of the 30 teams that are in this uh, NCAA uh, men's uh, golf championship. Bears in 30th place. This has not gone well today at all. Now, there is plenty of time to come rolling up that board. But, uh, Curtis, that was that's a rough way to begin uh, with, with a really talented and deep team. Across the board, they all finished with, like, double bogeys, bogeys. Their finishes were bad. There was a triple bogey on the board from the team. This was about as bad a start as the Bears could have had in uh, men's championship golf. And you, you mentioned still a lot of golf left to play in this, right? I mean, the and it's infamous in golf circles. And for me, it's famous because of uh, where my allegiances lie as far as my alma mater goes. But 
you know, the story about the 1995 NCAA championships in men's golf, where the weather shifted in the final round in Oklahoma State, who was already done after the wind shifted and picked up. And like they all of a sudden vaulted up the team leaderboard. Next thing you know, they're tied with Stanford after uh, the final round had finished. And, you know, now it's uh, Oklahoma State and Stanford in a uh, in a playoff where you play five and count four. Well, Oklahoma State had sent one of its better players to the airport because he needed to get to, I want to say it was like a Scottish pro-am or the British pro-am. And uh, wow. like, look, man, we're, we're out of this. So just go ahead and go. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, when the weather shifted and Oklahoma State winds up in that playoff at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, but in 1995, it was you play five guys, you count your four best scores. Well, Oklahoma State only had four dudes. And so everybody's score counted. And you know who was on that Stanford team was Tiger Woods. And uh, it, it essentially came down to on a hole where Chris Tidlin outdrove Tiger um, because Tidlin went with a driver on a shorter hole and uh, Tiger went with an iron. And so, uh, but with the wind going the way it was, you know, getting closer to the tee or to the uh, pin, never a bad thing. And so there's still plenty of golf, you know, yeah. things can happen that you don't see coming in an instant at these things. By the way, did Oklahoma State not make this? I'm not did sure. You know that? I was just—I literally was just going over the teams, thinking I would bring that up with you. No Oklahoma State in the top 30, which means they did not. I—I I would think Oklahoma State has advanced to this thing for like 25 straight seasons. We'll have to double check that because uh, I could have missed something, but I just—I kept going over this leaderboard. And and I that's don't true, see... and I don't have any reason not to believe you. Uh, it's a rough year for uh, hashtag golf school. <laughs> they did great in women's golf, so don't don't fear there. But o- OU is in this thing. I see no Oklahoma State in the top thirty here, and and uh, this uh, these are the only schools that are in it. So we'll have to double check that. All right, Curtis, um, what are you going to do this weekend? you going to do anything fun? you going to cook out or go see family or do anything like that? I'm going to hit the links tomorrow with uh, one of uh, my wife's best friends, soon-to-be fiancés, if you follow my cork board there. Uh, and then my brother is flying. He finished his first, semester, his first uh, year of medical school today, and so he flies into San Antonio tomorrow. And so Sunday I'm going to go down and see him. Uh, give him a chance to, you know, catch up with my catch up with my family, and then, you know, go see some friends of his Saturday night and uh, Sunday. I'll drive down there, go see him for a few hours, and uh, come back up and get ready for um, what is likely going to be uh, just looking at Crawford's recent history, uh, a a week that includes the state softball tournament. Ooh, I like that. And, you know, we're all over Crawford with our own Ward Whites. And then we're also calling, Drake's been calling the West games for us. So we are right in the middle of all of this. Uh, Curtis, I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Be careful driving up and down the road. And um, that's uh, that'll be great. And uh, tell your brother, I said, congratulations on that first year of medical school. That's very impressive. I will, Matt. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. There he goes, Curtis Quillen. It is Chillin' with Quillen, uh, a very popular segment 
here on the Matt Mosley Show on a holiday weekend. Aaron, can you believe that? Oklahoma State? Does that, does that seem possible? I'm going to keep pouring over this and see what happens. 